0: IOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Mountain Eagle, the community newspaper and website serving the Catskills region, covering Delaware, Schoharie, Green, and northern Ulster counties, with local reporting, regional events, school sports, letters, and features. All in the Mountain Eagle. Peek-A-Moose Restaurant on State Route 28 in Big Indian with farm to table cuisine Thursday through Monday. Indoor dining from 4 to 9 p.m. Takeout till 10. Picamoose.com or 845-254-6500. 845-254-6500. Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center in Walton. Open 730 to 230 Tuesday through Saturday for waste disposal and recycling. In service to make a difference by reducing pollution in Delaware County. Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center, State Route 10 in Walton, 607-832-5800. Or click the Delaware County Solid Waste Management Center link at WIOXradio.org. You're tuned to WIOX Roxbury, your live and local soundtrack for fall adventures when you cruise the counties, towns, and villages in the Catskills region colchester downsville deposit hancock there's fall foliage a harvest hops festival horseback riding farmers markets fishing kayaking or whatever floats your boat so tool around and stay tuned find links to autumn activities in the catskills at wioxradio.org
1: Listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and NTC Cable Channel 2107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXRadio.org on computers or smartphones. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going?
2: Good, good. What have you been up to? Uh, Setting the stage. Um, setting so, stage setting the stage uh so i've been
1: what have you been setting stage for
2: for uh for a climbing stand i've been in oh. the woods uh looking at trees to put a climbing deer stand on and uh so i've been pruning some branches and ma- making sure there's some shooting lanes open to me so just learning about it it's a process so kind of setting <laughs> the whole thing up yeah yeah it's been it's been interesting i got these two uh climbing stands uh from a member who, who was kind enough to uh give them to me so it's some um, uh very appreciative of that so i've been learning how they work and um yeah. yeah so maybe that'll increase the likelihood of me getting some.
1: i uh i you know i've been hunting now for i don't know 17 years hard and I hunted a little bit in high school and then college almost killed it because you go away and you stop thinking about those things for a little while. At least I did. But, um, I don't know. I, I had some does come in finally. And it doesn't matter if it's a doe or a buck. It's still thrilling. It's still fun. It's uh still fulfilling, I guess, is a better word than fun. Yeah. Um, not, you know, it's not like, hey, you know, I love to kill animals. It's like, no, it's not, it's not what it's about, really. But, um... Yeah, it doesn't matter, doe or buck. I, uh, I still, still love hunting. So just being out in the woods. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, even That's I mean, all the, it is, The whole yeah. point is, you know, getting a deer, obviously. <clears throat> but I'm just uh, excited for the opportunity to just watch them in a way that I've never watched wildlife like that before.
1: No, because you, you finally are just there, and 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 nothing knows you're there for the most part. Um, that third voice is Gary Mead. But before we uh, get Gary on the on the show, I just want to say uh, I went scouting. Um, looking up some places where there's some sign. Finally found some good buck sign. Man. But uh, it's an old farm on state land. And I was shocked at mm, almost 1,900 feet or 1,800 feet to find an old farm, hill farm, middle of the Forest Preserve, which is now a wilderness area, surrounded by northern hardwoods. And I found one mulberry tree growing over the old barn. Uh foundation I could not believe it I was like is that a freaking mulberry <laughs> in the middle I, I shot where was this uh, um, well he uh, can't tell you really <laughs> yeah let's just say it's a slide mountain wilderness area yeah, yeah. and I could not believe to find a mulberry that's one and then behind it on the other side of the fort of the farm road which was, it was originally a farm road you could tell and then as you walk it up, it became a bark road. So it was originally probably a bark road converted to a farm road. It was um, a little tree, and I was like, I know what that form is. That's an apple tree for sure. And then there was one little flake of bark left, and that confirmed right there that it was definitely an old apple tree. So there's there's still some remnants of, uh, of uh, the farms, but I'm sure if you were to take a metal detector, there's probably just tons of metal you know axe heads and every tools and everything mm-hmm. under there but from the forest looking at it as you walk you never hardly know besides the stones yeah you know it's amazing how the stuff just gets grown over as if it was never there but a mulberry and the mulberry had fallen over and then kind of stayed alive and sprouted straight up from where it fell over vertically But, uh, yeah. So it
2: had kind of orange bark to it, yellow? Oh, yeah,
1: orange bark. The leaves are still on the mulberry. I have three or four mulberries planted in my house, so I'm used to looking at them. But they're still holding their leaves in green, kind of like apple trees do, a little longer. And they get a little fungal. If there's a lot of rain, they'll get like a little spotting, brown spots on on their leaves of mulberry. And this one had all that. But, (laughs) I mean, the deer around there, that's got to be they got to be consuming that mulberry in the summer it's got to be the only one around for i don't know how many miles yeah
3: so they're probably fighting over that
1: yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's you plant more of them yeah so the um and that, they don't reseed themselves huh they can but they're gonna get browsed right
3: before you know, that mulberry
1: just, grew there was probably very few deer yeah i'm just surprised to see it was grown first of all it had it was growing in the very perfect place to have enough sunlight Yep. You know, where the old barn was, which is gone, completely gone. And they must stones. have
3: planted it. Yeah. Because it just didn't end up there. N- no. And that probably was part of their harvest.
1: Yeah, and there's wild grape around still, you know, up in the trees. hmm and, and that old dead apple tree and the mulberry. That's it for as far as everything else is just maple, beech, you know, yellow birch. yeah. So, not even really many oaks. If, if you know, hardly any, really.
3: Well, we moved to our farm at, in New Kingston. It was gooseberries and and all different kinds of stuff. And there were plum trees and pear trees and apple trees. And really, I mean, that's all kind of gone now. And the currants, there are lots of
1: currants. The plum trees, uh, I heard people used to plant a lot more back in the day.
3: Yeah, we had uh, purple and the honey, do, honey plums, they were called. They they were bigger, and they got ready earlier. The, the purple plums like to get a frost, but huh. I remember we used to pick bushels of them plums. We had three trees along the road, and, you know, when the new ownership took over, the first thing they did was cut them down. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah but... but <clears throat> so well yeah this is
1: every third wednesday we have gary mead on he's the former owner of fruitful furnishing sawmill and the owner of gary mead gallery and tonight's topic is coosa dogwood right gary yep and uh
3: first i heard of it was a few weeks ago and you know a friend of mine sent me a a picture of it and wondered what it was and i said you know just not the tree but just the fruit he was out on a walk and he took a he said he tasted it. He said it tasted pretty good, but he didn't swallow it because he didn't know what it was. And that's a good thing to do, folks. <laughs> Unless you find, if you don't know what it is, even if it tastes good, you don't eat it till you find out if it's uh, good or not. But, you know, I told him, you know, after I, you know, sent a message to Ryan and asked him, Oh, yeah, that's a... Well, I I thought he said Korean dogwood, but the it's same a, thing. Right? Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I I called the guy up. I said, "Man, you know, take a bag with you next time you go, and you know, you can harvest those things. But Google it and find out and make whatever out of it, because I I've, I've never had one personally, but <clears throat> you know, the mulberries I have, they're uh, they're special. They're you know, uh, my son Mitch has one on his lawn and and gardener and he just lets them fall and doesn't pick them up and i told him i said because they don't they don't get berries every year not not many trees unless they're orchard trees will produce every year but you know uh, i said next time that thing produces i'm bringing a tarp i'm putting it down on the ground i'm collecting those because you know it's it's good stuff Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're beautiful, and they're, these Korean dog dogwoods as well. And I don't think anybody. Uh, I mean, you probably pick them and and do stuff with them. Have you ever made the jam? Cause
1: no, I just pick them up. <clears throat> with you.
3: And you kind of eat them and spit yeah. the pits out, and the skin's supposedly a little tough.
1: It's a little tough. It's a little weird. It's a weird-looking fruit. It's mm. kind of spiky and hard on the outside, but... Um, it
3: looks like yeah. one of them kind of weird balls that the kids have with all the spikes on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's strange. Um, <clears throat> some are better than others, and they taste a little like raspberry and mango, but... Um,
2: yeah, very fleshy and yeah. very...
1: And you had them, Shane?
2: I've, I've had them, I have had them ripe i've never had the opportunity to have them one uh-huh. and sweetest. they
1: don't need a frost to ripen right they just i don't i don't know after mm-hmm. a frost how they do i would think they would hold up pretty good to a frost yeah because of the thick skin yeah and it might sweeten them up like an apple it but, might you know i've
3: never uh i never heard of it or seen them and and uh so because of that i thought we'd do the show on it and you know introduce it into the tree species that i mean it's not it's something you you're gonna have to go to the nursery and get the plant but i mean it's another uh you know vital food source that you can put and you know your trees uh the trees you see nothing seems to bother right they're I mean, well, if, there if, is a
1: few things. We, we talked about dogwood uh, a few <coughs> weeks ago or so or more, right, yeah, Zane? We t- talked about all varieties of uh, dogwood trees. Dogwood is a little different than other trees. It, it's strange in that it actually doesn't do very well in full sunlight. So you it, plant this tree in full sunlight and it's going to have diseases, mm-hmm. it needs partial shade quite a bit and then it seems they seem to do well and they don't get enormous dogwoods no they they kind of uh, like the 20 feet would be pretty high
3: what's that yeah and yeah like six inch in diameter is huge Yeah, i mean four is you know three to four is probably normal and then they they die off for
1: some reason they don't they don't really survive a long yeah, they can, they can grow. It's just uh, people plant them in full sunlight, and they they, don't, they get their butts kicked.
2: Yeah, they just they don't look happy. They don't look full. They don't look vibrant, green. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's it's a species that thrives in sunlight. Well, the shad... ...produce fruit, and sh- or thrives in shade and happens to produce fruit in shaded condition.
3: The shad blows a dogwood species. Is that in the dogwood? No, that's emmonkier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our, that needs full sunlight. Yeah, because they grow on the bank by my mill, and, and yeah. uh, I mean, they're just beautiful, and they get flowers. They're one of the first flowering trees in the spring. Yeah. And, you know, they're really, uh, they just show you, okay, spring is sprung. Yeah. But, and then sh- shortly after that, the apples. But now, in the, these get white flowers in the spring? Is that what... The,
1: yeah, the, the, they, the flowers are... Um, I think and they're the, white flowers, and they're very they're very attractive. So not just the fruit, but the the flowers are awesome. They're not as big as, say, American dogwood or or a flowering dogwood. Right. But there'll be a lot of them on one tree when they're healthy. Mm
3: hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Be- beautiful, very nice beautiful flowers. <clears throat> yeah. And the was,
3: fragrance man. have yeah, so the What kind of scent do the flowers mm-hmm. have?
1: I don't know how fragrant they are. <clears throat> I've
2: never noticed yeah, that. Nothing memorable. Yeah. Yeah, they they're usually white with like a pinkish uh, hue to them. Once I...
3: So the the tr- tree I'm talking about is in Ellenville. So, you know, and it's somebody I go to visit now and again. So you know, when I go to over for dinner or whatever, uh, uh, whatever reason, I'll I'll have them take me to that tree and yeah. just you know I want to. I want to investigate it and see, you know, maybe knock on the owner's door and see where they got it and how long it was there and and uh, cuz everything new, I like to investigate it, yeah. you know, right till I know something about it.
2: Well, what's growing around it is it in shade, is it right by the road in, in the
3: I don't know. Sun? He he only you know, sent me a picture of the fruit. He didn't send me a picture, but he said the ground was covered with them. Yeah. And he picked one up and uh And I told him next time he go out, but he never did. He never sent me a picture of the tree, or whether it's underneath another tree, or, Mm -hmm. or uh, because they're, I don't think that they would get that big, uh, like more or less like an apple tree. You know, they're
1: short and stocky and and like that, but not like most dogwoods. They have opposite twig pattern, so that's how you kind of know it's usually a dogwood. it has exfoliating bark that's kind of camouflage looking, very attractive bark, and it's usually multi stem, doesn't grow that tall. And There's one right at the entranceway that says Prattsville in Greene County. Oh, okay. And it's a beautiful Korean or Kusa dogwood, same tree. And that's. And that one's big. Is like that on a 23? Tree. Yeah. Yep. 23A. 23A. 23A, yeah. Yep. Yep. Could I go that way? I don't think I ever well, saw it. It's hovering right over the sign. No kidding. Yeah, it's it, it doing very well. I've taken pictures of it, and well, I like to, good. you know, well, I'll, I'll
3: take investigate a little. Maybe if I could, you know, take a branch and I
1: wonder if you could graft it onto something else or. Well, it'd uh, have to be maybe another cornice or dogwood, but there's not many. You're not going to find. In Delaware County, you know, dogwood you know. is almost non-existent. Yeah. I mean, even in where I live in Sampsonville in Central Ulster County, lower in elevation, below a thousand feet, you get flowering dogwood, but usually not doing that well. You get a disease,
4: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, yeah, it, I wouldn't graft onto it at that point because, like I said, a lot of them aren't doing that well.
3: Yeah. So when you do get them, you have to plant them in an ideal spot, mm-hmm. and uh, you know keep them watered and you know, if, if it's something I have to spray, I won't spray it. But
2: Yeah, probably have to protect from deer, just like every other dog would. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and
3: fine, very <laughs> palatable. that's where I've been, you know, fortunate in Arkville. I don't have to worry about deer. Uh, one year I had a deer in my garden and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, there's a the cross road and there's a big chain link fence up there and you know we come home from a family vacation and there's a deer standing in my garden yeah. chewing up my swiss chard and oh, you know my heart sunk and i go oh my god so i i said chew chew get out of there and it kept eating so i took a big you know a, i don't know maybe a <laughs> foot or 18 inch stick and i just threw it and i hit her in the belly and and she just flinched a little bit and then turned around and hopped the fence and whatever. But So I said, oh, my God, I'm going to have to build an eight-foot fence around my garden in Arkville. But then I had a bright idea. I said, you know, I, got, I had probably 150, 200 pallets at the mill. And a deer is like a cow. They won't walk on anything unstable. So, you know, the i called uh you know anna lamb she was working with me at the time and on that sunday night i said we're gonna have to build a, a eight foot fence tomorrow out of pallets and after i hung up with her i got thinking it's got to be an easier way because i didn't have time to build an eight foot fence around my garden yeah so i threw the pallets on the ground and all around the garden and that deer would not go in never bothered it came onto the lawn and it kind of went around and up on the bank but never hopped in my garden again because you know uh, they just know you know it wasn't safe to step on them and that was you know that was like it took maybe an hour to go down and get them and spread them out and and it worked I said, son of a gun, got me out of that. but And then I was down by the flea market, and I saw a doe had been hit by a car. And, you know, uh, I I was wondering if it was her. And it wasn't. She was back. But I didn't mind having her you know she'd come out and you know i'd go home for lunch and she'd be up on my lawn and she'd be laying there sleeping and you know i like deer i like everything about deer but i mean they're beautiful animals and you know from the fawns right up till you know you're harvesting them they're they're beautiful but you know we don't you know i like venison and you know that's why i hunt and you know for no other reason i'd used to get a lot more excited about shooting them than i do now and i feel bad for the past five or ten years every time i take one down it's like it's different than when you're first hunting and you know you're aggressive and you don't think about it but now i do you know you get older and i guess i'm getting a softer softer heart but i still i'm not going to stop eating venison (laughs)
4: That's
3: not happening so anyway you know, we we uh, thank the spirits and all. So yeah. I'm very excited about this uh, Korean dogwood, and I'm going to be, uh, you know, in the spring, I'm going to start looking for them. Because everywhere I go, I I just love looking at different trees and species.
1: And There's another dogwood <coughs> that has edible fruit for humans, <coughs> only one other. And that would be Cornelian cherry, which is really a dogwood, Cornus moss, M-A-S. M-A-S it's it's slow growing does not grow tall at all but um they're a little more bitter i like them though yeah you could probably use them they gardens. get a
3: red berry too yeah yeah
1: and then when they produce they're they're smaller but they're i had them in massachusetts they're great i thought and they have a pit in them yeah i don't remember it being a problem but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that it's, one, that one was growing near the ocean and uh i couldn't believe how loaded it was with fruit that was last year or the year before the year we had like no fruit yeah like, what is this that one was thing? last
3: year and yeah well because the year before we were I mean that's the year I, I think I got 37 bags of apples and and, you know, I've been looking all over for apples this year. And, yeah? You know, people, oh, yeah, there's here and there. And I go and I look and, you know, there's 10, 12 apples on the tree. I'm not looking for something to snack on. <laughs> I need apples, apples. and yeah. You know, I come into good fortune this year. I was uh, coming back from Kingston and right along the uh, the Emerson yeah. on that flat. Those trees were loaded. Yeah. I spent an hour trying to get permission to... And finally, I found the right person. And, and you know, nobody's really being that helpful.
2: Like Are those owned by the Emerson?
3: Huh? Yeah, Are I they, think so. Yeah, yeah. that uh, that whole flat going up to the soccer field is... Mm-hmm. is they own... Because, you know, they dump old dead wooden out there and stuff. And, you know, I got 12 bags in about an hour and a half, two hours. I was getting a bag every you know two a bushel of about every 15 20 minutes
1: those trees once in a while too
3: they do what they prune them oh they and the 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 grass was mowed underneath them which in my world harvesting wild apples you know i'm usually coming out with those hitchhikers on me and scratched and briars and you know my pants and knees are soaking from kneeling in the swampy areas and You know, this was like a dream come true for me. So, but I'm, I I didn't get apples last year. There were absolutely none last year. But in the higher elevations, there were some this year. So, you know, uh, uh, but down there, I mean, there's trees all along that whole area where that leather shop guy is. Yeah. He has trees that were loaded, but they were all loaded all through there. There was a place in, uh, uh, Woodland Valley I went because somebody I put on Facebook a post, anybody know, when I, I went there, and there must have been eight, ten bushes of apples on those. I mean, they were small trees. They were easy picking, too, but unless I get permission, I won't pick. I just can't do that, and, you know, some people are just, if they don't like it, it could lead up to they could have you arrested and all that, and I don't need any of that. Uh anyhow I'm yeah. uh, I'm going to Hubble's on the 29th or twenty eighth and and have my apples pressed and I'm gonna make juice and and cider again. I just went over my inventory in my cellar. I got about twenty gallons of uh apple cider vinegar. And about 25 gallons of hard cider, and this is all ready. I got to pull it out the barrels, and but mostly what I want to do this year is just get my juice uh, inventory back up, you know, boil and canned juice, and it's. I can never have too much apple cider vinegar, but you know I have so much hard cider. Oh, shut up! I'm uh, I have so much uh, uh, hard cider that you know from back in the 70s and 80s. I don't drink hard cider that much. When you still we had got
2: hard cider from the seventies and eighties? Oh yeah, yeah.
3: It's all, I have hundreds Is
2: it not vinegar by that?
3: Point? No, it actually it doesn't that's a seems to be a wise tale because uh, some does and some doesn't. And hmm. I Yeah, it shouldn't ever turn. I have a, a you know, once it's cider it's cider. Once it's vinegar yeah. it's vinegar. And, yeah. yeah, it was a special process with mother, you make vinegar and that I'm stumped by too. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, one five-gallon barrel that I had, uh, I was making hard cider. I I went around the other morning and I tasted all the barrels and and they're all marked and numbered and and it's some of the best uh, apple cider vinegar I ever tasted, and there was no mother in it. And don't ask me how it turned into to uh, apple cider vinegar. I have no clue. Now I have some that had mother in it, uh, two five gallon barrels. They're not very strong. They're almost like a a weird tasting uh, apple cider, uh, you know, hard cider. But they're they're not a they're not a vinegar. They just don't taste vinegary. So I'm gonna leave them for another couple of years. Because it takes two years to make real good apple cider vinegar yeah. with the mother. But, you know, I'm still figuring that out.
1: <clears throat> if you're just tuning in and you're listening to From the Fourth, tonight's topic is Coosa Dogwood with Gary Mead.
3: Wishful,
2: crystal water covers everything in blue. Cooler water.
4: Wishful, simple. Our love is beautiful To see, I know Where I would like to be Right
0: i yeah.
1: From the Forest Every Wednesday 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different Forest related topic With Ryan and Zane And uh Tonight's topic is Goose to Dogwood With Gary Mead Talk to Gary Every third Wednesday About a different Catskills tree Yeah This is a uh, tree that Likes well drained Rich soil So um You know Not too wet A little acid is
3: yeah. like what We could grow uh, Probably a blueberry Bush That kind of, you know, if you're mulching it, you want to use maybe hemlock bark or, you know, mulch, something like that. Yeah,
2: this is a tree that if you don't have a lot of space and you want a tree near the home, this is what you can plant.
3: Yeah, they're shallow-rooted, and they they won't overtake, you know, the side of your house and put leaves on your roof and all that in 20 years because they don't get that big. And I think you could probably prune them anyway to keep them... You know, short and stout. And, uh, cause that's what happens with a lot of the. I've noticed a lot of the, the walnuts that are, that start off in this area, they grow tall and, and then they break. Mm-hmm. And they're always kind of, you know, breaking off. But, you know, I, I have them growing around my house for the last 10 or 12 years. And yeah, I prune the tops for the first five or six years. And, well, the one by my house, I can't. You know, that thing is, what, 12, 14 years old, and, I mean, the bowl's about 4 or 5 inches now, and, I mean, it's not 10 foot tall yet, but, you know, it's, I, I'd cut it back right to the bare bone every year. And, yeah. But it's still alive and well, and, but a lot of trees, uh, uh, and the Korean dogwood might do that, too. It would be easier to harvest. Having it close to your house would deter the deer from
1: probably eating it and uh i don't know how much the deer eat it i'm not sure about the browse on it now you say that might uh, probably do
2: might be one of those they definitely like dogwood but i don't know about kusa dogwood
1: yeah there's only one tree that i can say for sure they don't browse maybe is uh pawpaws they don't browse but
2: really i've yeah. seen the browsing I guess you're right the ones i've seen have always just been low and thriving
3: did you get any of them this year yeah
2: i got a few
1: all right.
3: <laughs> Do okay. You like
2: them when they're fresh or when they're a little bit uh, more they, aged? They got to be aged. Yeah, I like them when they're when they're yeah. fresh. I don't like that anise black licorice flavor to them. I don't yeah. know. It turns me off.
3: Yeah. Huh. So I've never had one. So I'm I'm not sure. Really? No, never had. One. Weird, no, I've never had weird one. weird until fruit. I grew up down here. Yeah, weird fruit. <laughs> well, they don't. There's not. They grow over by you more. No, they don't grow by me. They yeah. just they're just planted there. Oh well, that's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, you know nobody plants them around not here. Not here. I tried. They died. But um I don't know. I've seen them on top of a Mohawk Mountain House, which is you know a thousand feet elevation has them. But yeah, they're not. You get into Zone Four, it's a little too cold for them. I think. Yeah. You know? Unless they're by a house, and they don't get very big either, I don't imagine. No. They're, no. Yeah. They're, they're another tree like dogwood that doesn't like full sunlight as much. Yeah. Mine are full sunlight. They're growing, but it slows them down. But despite that, the leaves have no blemishes on them. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No diseases. Nothing. And you got them growing by your house? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah i have a fence around them just because i'd never believe it but person up the road has three pawpaws and they are green right to the ground hmm. really yeah No fence. nothing no, no fence.
3: huh well that's <laughs> unusual because deer they eat evergreens and hemlock and they don't eat pawpaws they don't eat yeah, those i guess them. Well, they don't eat blackbirds either really so so the leaf of this tree is it a waxy
1: of what? shiny mm-hmm. leaf The to- the dogwood cone it's like a simple leaf um meaning just one leaf Uh, i don't know how would you explain it you know yeah
2: so it's got one waxy
1: looking or is it flat
2: yeah i think it's not very shiny looking but yeah it's got kind of a flat uh color to it usually darker green and it's got unique leaf venation so um usually on leaves you have like a midrib with a main vein that goes up to the leaf and you have the minor veins that branch off of that. Mm -hmm. So the minor veins on the leaf are kind of arcing down the blade. Um, So it's very unique. I mean, if you look closely at it, and you look at other leaves, there's really nothing like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I always notice it has interesting uh, buds. Like the buds kind of look like this little hat at the end of the twig. I don't know if you've ever seen those. It just looks like a little I don't know Hmm. little tiny little it's like rounded it just kind of looks like a little tiny hat at the end of the twig Uh, not very um sharp or uh it doesn't blend in with the twig too much but and the bark is reddish i think the bark on this is it's more whitish um and then it breaks up into these kind of uh brownish tan flakes cream colored bark oh, okay. usually fine Kinda
3: like a sycamore and like yeah. that reminds but,
2: me of like a beach or something yeah. but yeah like a sycamore yeah yeah where it yeah. gets smoother and oh, i tried to
3: call you guys last week when you're talking about beach geez yeah. i was so, oh, yeah. so i called three times nobody answers so <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, i not so, so, get anything so, what's that i didn't see it ran
3: well i well, well i got the voicemail and i didn't leave a message but i said man they're gonna somebody's gonna answer but you know on that note you know a healthy beach looks basically like elephant skin it's the same color the same texture mm-hmm. and so beautiful and you know all we have now is a disease and i was you know kind of a little bit heartbroken to see something else is attacking it now and i don't know uh <clears throat> you know where it's going but you know i use uh i use the bark for uh you know i still use the wood it's very beautiful even with the bark disease it's uh it's for picture frames and stuff you, you just can't beat it the, the The disease gives it a design that you just couldn't you 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 can't reproduce it it's it's amazing and, and you know i have a hall tree in the gallery that i used limbs from the bark disease and it looks like leopard skin yeah that's really quite beautiful but nothing ever gets put into production with the beach anymore right. and you know a local logger told me he knows where the stand of them they're there i've been five or six years saying just go in and get me a couple logs and bring them down to the mill and <laughs> but anyway uh, haven't seen them yet no. but i saved a lot of beach from when i got you know because uh, uh, there are places in new york state that where the beaches aren't diseased like this and stands it, where they just mm-hmm. never were introduced to it and i have some of the most beautiful beach boards and a beach is a it's a tough one It's a it's the toughest thing to dry it has got to be Bar none, hands down, the hardest hardwood to dry. Hmm. And if uh, even when I bought low-grade, they put it in with the maple and the cherry and the ash and the birch. and and But the beaches always come in, and they were honeycombed and twisted and curved. And, hmm. and it's, it's a different schedule to dry them. And I found out how to dry it is to put it on sticks, put it in dry storage for a year, then dry it and it takes a it takes a year for a beach lumber to actually get happy and but in the kiln i think uh, with a beach it would just slow the schedule down see i think figured cherry and 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 beach would probably be in the same kiln charge Hmm. because cherry is easy to dry unless it's figured and it turns into a beast and then the it, it it just doesn't dry it's a whole different it's like another species of wood
1: yeah, cherry prices are really low i guess
3: yeah i don't know i don't i don't keep up with it anymore and you know i'm uh i'm trimming my my place in new kinks and i'll of cherry and uh i'm it's it's just all the other mixed hardwoods i used it, you know the ashes and the birch and hard and soft maple—they kind of have the same color, and you know they're a little bit different. But if you throw a piece of cherry in there, it just—it's it's too much of a contrast. So, you know, I pulled all the cherry as I was going through my mixed hardwoods. Put everything into the, the sheathing and the you know the siding and the the roof, uh, the cathedral ceiling, all those. And I just pulled the cherry out, and I'm just going to use that to trim. And a lot of the trim I have to make, This, you ever see that show Bob Ross when he, he was a painter? Yeah. And he was amazing. In a half an hour, he could do a, something that would take me a month to do. But anyway, with four-inch brushes, he was just amazing. But he always made this comment, uh, you never make mistakes, you're just happy accidents. So when you make a, a mistake, you just turn it into... A happy accident man. see that's what i had to focus on on my cathedral ceiling in new kingston because they missed the rafters and oh my god they they butchered my cathedral ceiling so now um you know i come up, it's a happy accident so now i'm just thinking of ways to to make that stuff disappear which is actually in a way a little more artistic because you know where they missed the 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 rafter and the screw went beside it and blew it out a little bit <clears throat> i'm trimming all that with cherry now and all that will be covered i'll have a beautiful contrast off of uh, you know cherry and and uh, uh against the the hemlock and it's plain finished hemlock. So it's kind of... You know, last night was the first I thought of it, and I just had to mention it. But, you know, I've been so depressed over it. <laughs> People help me out up there. It's just like...
1: You're talking about your house that's being
3: built, Gary? What's that?
1: You're talking about your house that's being built?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my new workshop, and I'm temporary living upstairs and New Kingston until I get my house built. Because... You know, I'm, I have to sell my house, and I can't sell my house because I need somewhere to live. And originally I was putting the workshop downstairs and going to live, or a uh, gallery upstairs, but now I'm going to put it actually an apartment upstairs, the whole top floor is going to be. I'm putting the kitchen, bathroom, all that stuff in, and I'm going to live up there while I build my house because i got to sell my house in Arkville to get money to keep going because it's just... Uh, it's tough building now a days it's very very expensive mm. and yeah. yeah i i have all my own wood and it's still costing me a small fortune and a lot of that is i won't probably
1: have a radio show just on that but for someone else <coughs> what's that you could probably have a radio show just on that but that's for someone else different show
2: yeah
1: yeah well, all the there's every
3: hardwood in the Catskill Mountains in that that structure, and oh yeah, you uh you, it's it's just it's gonna be so beautiful when it's done. It's just a lot of work, it's a lot of stress, you know. I'm sixty nine. I can't climb on roofs anymore, and you know the guys that got up there working. I'm saying, boy, I wish I were twenty years younger. I would uh, I would show you guys how to do this, and but. You know, right now, I I just can't. I can't afford, I can't get up there, and it, it's just harder to get around when you're, you know, in your late 60s than it ever was. You know, I'm still in good shape, but, you know, up and down ladders, and I just can't climb like I used to. And uh, and I you have to be more careful. <laughs> and remember, well, you're at the age where you're really not that careful. You just do stuff and get it done, but, you know, uh When I turned 60, I started feeling a little bit, you know, things that weren't working as well as they used to. And not my testosterone level either. (laughs) (laughs) There we go again. (laughs) But anyhow, I just had to throw that out there. Anyway, if anybody wants to put this dogwood by their house, it's a beautiful tree. It's, It's beautiful all summer and and you know spring and summer and and you can harvest the uh the
1: fruit off it yeah you just gotta be patient because dogwood is slow growing yeah but there's a there's a beautiful one right on route two in uh county highway two and and, in in samsonville that i look at it's a beautiful tree when it's happy it's really really nice and it's not going to become hazardous it's not going to fall on your house someday cause a lot of damage and the roots you said are shallow yeah you know most dogwood maple they all have kind of yeah shallow roots beach beach the same way
3: yeah you know a lot of spruces are shallow roots too yeah i
1: mean they grow uh, out in the wide area instead of down deep i mean most trees aren't that deep in our area anyway because it's rocky yeah you know in sandy soils they'll grow a little deeper but um yeah maple is extremely deep it depends what your soils like i mean if you have clay soil your roots are going to be right at the surface. Right. Yeah. You know, if you have nicer, well-drained soil, then, the roots can go deeper. You know, hmm. so that matters. Yes, it does. But they don't—they don't, they don't <clears throat> grow as deep as people think. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as deep as people. Well, think. The, when they first start, I think
3: when you know, because for the most part, when I go to dig a tree up to transplant, if I see a a, a tree that's a a foot tall, uh, I figure, well, the, the roots down a foot. Because they shoot the roots down, and I, to a certain point, and then you know, I think after it gets maybe three feet tall or whatever, then they start spreading out. But I think the first tap root goes down to give it stability. Because you know, I've transplanted a lot of trees, and you know, I see these little things six inches tall, and and you know the roots. You know, I'm surprised when the roots down a foot already, and uh, it makes them, a, a, you know, a little. You know, harder to transplant because the tap root. Every
1: tree is different. I mean, oaks—they put their energy into growing uh, vigorous roots. Right. And that's why you know, if there's a fire or something, they can sprout back. Whereas maple doesn't do that as much. You know. Well, beech is a very strong-rooted tree. Yeah, mulberry is. That's a very vigorous root. Yellow poplar seems like it's a very vigorous root. Mm-hmm. You know, but pin oak is like. That tree's crazy. That can go through concrete, it seems.
2: Yeah, it yeah. usually is sometimes. It's a common urban tree. Yeah. You see it in urban plantings and really areas that are uh, where the root zone is restricted. Sidewalks, heavy driveways. clay. Yep. Heavy, heavy compaction. Yeah. From just construction development. and
1: so. Red cedar must have strong roots. Eastern red cedar. Mm-hmm. It must because it can grow in clay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean it grows in gardener heavy some of the heaviest clay that I've ever seen huh. is in garden Well,
3: home mine kill you know valley is full of over in that neck of the woods there's whole mountain ranges of cedar over there yeah and
1: that's a lot of rock pretty drought tolerant tree yeah you know if you're just tuning in listen to From the Forest and uh, when we come back I think you got something to read there Gary yeah I was going to read People and Trees
3: tonight alright uh, I've Little read trees. that before and that's a that's a favorite okay <laughs>
1: To from the Forest every Wednesday, six to seven PM. Tonight's topic is Coosa Dogwood with Gary Mead. Talk to Gary every third Wednesday about a different cat's tree. Kusa Dogwood obviously is uh not from North America. It's from you know, it's also known as Korean dogwood, so uh it's from Asia. But does not appear to be invasive. I've never seen it spreading. Um even if it did, I don't think it'd be the biggest deal in the world. Mm. But um, because it's an edible fruit (laughs) yeah but then again i don't know some people hate mulberry and i think it's a wonderful tree that grows in parking lots and pavement and
3: well if you hate fruit if you hate any tree you need counseling
2: (laughs) people don't like it because the the fruit's always staining staining well
3: they plant them on city streets and the streets are like they get on you know people are going to you know have these hundred dollar two hundred dollar shoes on they don't like walking through it but
1: yeah, we've had shows on uh well we've talked about like um i stole the term from someone else but plant yep. xenophobia yeah you know it's just like
2: trees some mm-hmm. people just
1: don't like trees because they're not or plants rather because they're not from here and it's like all right i mean to me this should be an ecological reason to, to despise a tree well but, and even then it's
3: kind of if tough. you go back far enough nothing was here <laughs> Everything that's here was never here before, so you know it, it's just it, it's just in recent years, I guess. And a lot of this stuff they're calling invasive, like the thing that really I, I it just didn't upset me. It just weirded me out the most that they were calling black locusts invasive. Oh yeah. Oh I man, give me a break, man. You don't even. It's what a to understand. The value of that, the wood of that tree, it's it's a it last a hundred years outdoors untreated. It's the easiest wood I ever dried in my whole career, and and uh, it, it's just it's amazing. It's a good tree. It's a beautiful tree. It's Brilliant. pollinators. Uh, yep. It's you know yeah. it's it's a little tough to saw because I mean you don't have a perfect
1: bottom the same way that shrub. My kids pick, Chinese pick, chestnut it, pick it like crazy. They, out of everything I've planted, they'll walk by the apples, they go right for the autumn olives.
3: Mitch caught a Chinese chestnut in mm-hmm. one of his jobs he had and brought me the logs. And
1: Oh, my God, that thing was something else I saw. But Chinese chestnut? It makes the most beautiful lumber. Speaking of that, in the same valley, th- now this is down by the county highway now. That state land I was talking about, the mulberry? Yep. But now down by the road, and there was farms there. It was a—I never even noticed it before. Walk, getting ready to go walk in the woods, bushwhack up the hill. There's a Chinese chestnut, right by the old barn down there. Yeah, they grow twisty. I could not believe. How you know, <laughs> many times I've driven by this spot and never noticed yeah. a Chinese chestnut right there?
3: Yeah, it's yeah. something. You know, uh, you go to the same place ten times, and every time you go, you see something new. We're just about time here, Gary. We only got about a minute and a half. All right. Well, I can read this. This is people and trees. All right. Uh, I wrote this back in 2015. People and trees are much the same, living in harmony for many, many years. Soils of the earth, outstanding for us both, life sustaining. Sweet fresh air in the atmosphere that with trees we also share. And that grand yellow ball high in the sky, sharing together, needing sun to survive. Water in rivers, streams, and the rains, hydrating us both, flowing in our veins. People and trees are much the same, living in harmony for many, many years. Both have roots deep, standing firm, traced back thousands of years and realize both. In years of age by calculated scientific measurements. Growth ring and fingerprint patterns look very much the same, each owning their own identity and no two patterns of perfect match. People and trees are much the same, living in harmony for many, many years. Some may look almost alike, never too exactly the same like every snowflake or drop of rain, boulder, stone, or grain of sand. We will both get old and die going back where we started from. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, a very strong force inside both of us. Sometime while walking by a tree, say to that tree, you are a lot like me. Living for each other every day, Will secure our bond and harmony. People and trees are much the same, living in harmony for many, many
1: years. And that's all the time we have on From the Forest. Next <coughs> week, uh, Zane John and I will be out. I believe Mike Porter and Zara will be here. <coughs> so uh, we'll be in Long Island for fire training. So we'll talk about it when we get back. All right, take care. Peace, everybody. Good night
5: tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled It goes around. fingers, And she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games In an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town
0: By you and the following underwriters. Andy's Guitar Repair in Margaretville, specializing in fretted instruments, structural repairs, setups, fretwork, electronics, and custom-wound pickups. Andy's Guitar Repair, by appointment only, by text. Tech-